Welcome to the Jesus 360 podcast, the devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Brother Daniel and myself, Blair Phillips, will be co-hosting today's discussion on Jesus, the one who will cast Jezebel into her sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into tribulation. And so this is from Revelation chapter 2, verse 22, and I'm going to read the verse. It says, Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. And so, just a refresher for our audience who are listening, even if you've just started here, that we are in the dictated letter from Jesus through John to the church of Thyatira. Jesus has challenged Jezebel, who's been given authority by the elders to teach, uh, and she's uh, teaching immorality and even practicing immorality. In verse 21, we've just focused on Jesus as the one who's giving uh, time for her to repent, but she has not repented is what uh, verse 21 concludes with. So verse 22 says that Jesus is about to take these actions, that he will cast her into the sickbed, and those who commit uh, adultery with her, that he would give them tribulations to lead them to repentance. And so uh, we are now past the long-suffering portion of Jesus, and yet we are still in the long-suffering nature of Jesus, uh, in that though the time-lapse of grace has uh, surpassed, that still he's being graceful. He's not suddenly striking her to death. He's not suddenly removing her opportunity to repent, but he's uh, giving her another measure and giving those who are committing sin with Jezebel another greater measure of of trouble in their lives to help them realize and have the self-awareness that they are in grave sin that is not in agreement with his heart. And so yet in uh, in the hardness of Jezebel's heart, because um, I do believe that she is, she knows that she's sinning, but she's not repentful of it yet. Jesus is being merciful to try her in uh, sickness to cause her to repent. And so, Brother Daniel, this is a, a complex issue, but yet truly shows the beauty of the Lord in long suffering, and yet in judgment we see his beauty. And But share with us some other passages concerning this topic of the nature of God and in uh, your thoughts as well. Well, let me read to, to our audience uh, who are meditating on this scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 to 20. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought At a price, referring to our redemption in the blood of Jesus. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, the Lord has a particular disdain towards sexual immorality. It's not so much that he is... um, Obviously, that defile and violates his attributes nature because he's a covenant-keeping God. In other words, he's loyal in his love and covenant. So, in other words, he loves his, his, his creature with all his heart, his soul, his mind, and his strength with wholehearted love. So, anything that is 
of a violation to this covenantal love and love, out, I mean, in terms of uh, adultery is a relationship basically outside of the marriage covenant. So um, immorality is such a defiling thing to the Lord against the nature of his covenant-keeping uh, uh, relationship that he does not hesitate to actually um, act swiftly to ensure that we understand the, the, uh, the depths of uh, this depravity. In fact, uh, in the Church of Thyatira, at the end of the letter to the Church of Thyatira, these people were, uh, the, the people were warned against the, the acts and the seduction of Zezebel and her wrong teaching because that opened up to the depths of Satan. Satan knows that if immorality is normalized within the church or in the society, then Satan has an open, wide field to basically open up people to the, his depth, the depths of his defilement, his darkness, his uh, demonic influence. So uh, sp sexual immorality is actually something that is not just sexual immorality. It's a doorway to a greater depth of darkness. The scripture talked about the depths of Satan. And we should not lighten that. We should not take that lightly. We should not just say, hey, you know, because everybody's doing it and everybody's kind of nibbling with it, involved with it, we should go along or tolerate because there's not so many righteous people who are able to keep themselves pure anymore in our society. Therefore, you know, the church needs to be relevant or else we chase everybody away. No, we cannot open up ourselves to the depths of Satan. It's a little crack in the door that allows darkness to creep in in a very serious way. And now, in this situation with Zezebel, she's not just, it's not just a culture of sexual immorality and idolatry. She's promoting it as a leader in a church with a title of a prophetess. So in this case, God is saying, you know, if she doesn't repent and I give her time, I'm going to act in such a way that I am going to actually restrain her by giving her physical infirmities. Now, when I say, God said by giving her, it doesn't mean God has to directly like strike her with illness, even though like the plagues in uh, Exodus, you know, God is able to release plagues, but God can just put remove his hand, allow no protection over the person, and then sickness would come and, you know, into the, the body of a person. And, and actually, there's an act of mercy. God could have just judged Jezebel, but allowing her to be lying down on a sickbed, sometimes is giving her more time to repent. Just now we talk about giving her time to repent. When somebody is sick and maybe faced with some kind of life-threatening situation, the person may be reflective about what's wrong with me. You know, am I doing something wrong? And then the person might just turn. Or the person could actually harden their heart and keep going and be more angry with God. And But the, the way God acted was actually to give her more time and casting her into a sick bed is also the thing. And, 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 and also cast the rest of the people who participated with her in the same court in the tribulation. The tribulation is viewed as a judgment, yes, but it's also a form of discipline because tribulation shake things up and allow us to rethink about our assumption and our, our, our presupposition. Sometimes we think everything is okay and then when things are shaken and things are disrupted, then we have to rethink about our normalcy. And so again, Brother Daniel, I think you're saying it so well that we are seeing the mercy of the Lord 
in His judgment because they are to lead us to repentance. The only reason that Jesus is doing these uh, judgments of the sickbed, the judgment of the tribulation, these disciplinary actions, is to cause these people, to cause Jezebel and those who have been sitting with her, to think, to realize, to be convicted in their heart by the grace of the Holy Spirit, and to repent. And so, even in Jesus' judgments, we see in this passage so clearly that it is because he's desiring to lead people towards mercy. Now, we know that they have a free will choice, and we're going to continue to go through this passage with that understanding, but we see the heart and tent of Jesus in his disciplinary judgment is mercy and repentance. So as we reflect on Jesus, the one who cast, will not hesitate to cast Jezebel uh, into sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into tribulation, I want to read uh, some sentences that I've written Mm -hmm. in this devotional. The church cannot be a prophetic voice in the world when the church is plagued with the very same immorality that plagues the world. From a very young age, our hearts are enticed by lust as our culture promotes immorality. When the church pulpit stays silent and acts complicitly, we are truly caught in an extremely challenging situation. To keep a consecrated life from the Zezebelic adultery, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. A consecrated spiritual community who is fascinated by the beauty of God's holiness and who see the fear of God as wisdom. And here we really need the power of the Holy Spirit because we can't rely on just culture, the church culture or even the knowledge or the, the appearance of religiosity or the so-called the knowledge of the Bible. You know, the Word of God is living and active sharper than a two-edged sword, but if we just treat the Word of God as head knowledge, it has, it's powerless against unless we turn allow the Word to become flesh. In other words, we read, meditate, keep the Word by living it out and allow our life to be transformed by the Word of God. Then the power of the power the Word of God by His Spirit works within us. You know, the Word of God is powerful itself. And so I just want to encourage our audience, you know, when God say that I will not hesitate to cast someone to sickbed who is promoting, it's a warning, especially to those of us who are in leadership, that we must be walking in, in a sense of watchfulness that we will teach uh, our uh, so-called disciples, the all things that he has commanded us. In Matthew 5, he talks about those who do not teach the commandment shall be called least in the kingdom, and those who teach the commandment of God will be called great in the kingdom. In other words, it's not just teaching others, but it's modeling. But we also know that teachers uh, will be measured and judged with stricter judgment. That's why Jesus uh, warned through the epistle that not many of you be teacher because uh, teacher has greater responsibility due to the influence of the word of God over other people's life. So, and and if there are moments of time when we are counseling or ministering to people and they perhaps have a restraint from the Lord that looks like some manifestation of sickness, we need to understand sometimes that it's mercy and there's God giving time for the person to turn because he can heal someone instantaneously. Now, for example, Abimelech and Abraham, and Abimelech was about to snatch Sarah away from Abraham and then, you know, he got into trouble and God came to him and warned him. And that is actually very important because... You know, Abraham prayed for him and he's restored. God can restore a person who is sick instantly when they turn. 
but the sickness kind of restrained the person from carrying on the wrongful path. Mm-hmm. So, as we pray the Jesus 360 model of Jesus, who are you? And, and in light of that, who am I? And then what do you want me to do for you? What are some key components that we can pray this description of Jesus? So as the one, as the one who comes to Jesus, who will cast Zezebel and her, her companion into sickbed and tribulation, I will, the one who comes to the Lord and know that, if I do not separate myself from any Zezebelic teaching and activities and compromise within and outside the church, that I will be exposed to this consequence that the Lord talks about. And because of that, I would pray that the Lord will grant me wisdom, watchfulness, and that I will uh, uh, be watchful of the little foxes, compromise on my eyes and my heart, uh, and begin to set boundaries in both a physical relationship and my online interaction and begin to live a joyful life of freedom within the constraint of those holy boundaries. And so that will be my posture. And I'll pray that my, our audience will find the delight in walking with the Lord with great safety and freedom that way. Amen. So Jesus, we say thank you that you are the one who will take these measures of, of even casting one into a sickbed or giving them tribulation in their life for the sake of redemption. And because you are this one, we are ones that you have this zeal towards. And we understand that you will operate in this manner towards us. That This is your character. This is your likeness. That after giving us a season of time to consider our ways, if we do not repent, that you will step in and give us sickness or tribulation to cause us to reflect upon our lives. And we say thank you. So again, we ask you for sensitivity in our hearts. Lord, if we ever come to these areas of our lives where we are unrepentant and you bring us into a season of tribulation or sickness, Lord, we ask you that there would be a tenderness upon our hearts towards your ways and that we would repent. In Jesus' name, amen. I just felt in the spirit that I want to begin to pray a prayer of faith over people who are still entrapped uh, in terms of the Zezebelic compromise. Uh, I just want to ask in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, that you will come like a hammer, like a fire to begin to break the shackle and break the chain of any relationship and ties with the Jezebelic teaching, Zezebelic activity in within the church, Lord, in terms of sexual immorality and idolatry. I just ask you in the name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, break those power and those enticement and those hook over the lives of the men and women, young and old, Lord, that is now still entrapped. Break that power right now in the name of Jesus. When the Son of God set you free, you shall remain free indeed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us for this Jesus 360 podcast, a devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus. And we invite you to join join us next time as we continue through this journey. You satisfy my soul, you satisfy my soul, you satisfy my soul with your love, you satisfy
satisfied.